0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Cheryl
1: Foote's writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas
0: Tech. Jonathan Garibay, the boot is away. And it's gone! Razor! Welcome one welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And... We're back with some stickball updates, um, and we have a nice, oppressing question that I want to ask at the end of this episode, and to ask this question, I need somebody to receive the ans- to give me an answer and receive the question, and that is the People's Champ himself, Jeremy Gillen. What's up, John?
1: What is up, Albert? What a great day for Texas Tech, and I don't know, Las- uh, the Las Vegas Raiders nowadays, good, good day for them as well, just right. picking them out of the air for some reason.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, no, so we, we're we recording this as the NFL draft is going on, and Tyree Wilson, the number seven pick in the NFL draft, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders said, we want to get a strong defensive player from a strong defensive foundation, a school known for defense, obviously, right? They said, we want to go get a guy like him because he just... He's, that is a long storied history at Texas Tech University of stout defensive players am I right Jeremy?
1: you are. I mean this has been uh, we are on our fourth decade of the strongest defensive units the world has ever seen from Texas Tech I mean it's a dynasty that's right we've that's and right. we've we've done so we've done so with so many different defensive coordinators it's actually uh, Texas Tech doing this all by themselves we don't even need de- we don't even need a consistent defensive coordinator. <laughs>
0: That's right. The air raid that they talk about isn't about offense; it's about defense. It's, it's the air. It's no air raid. It's actually what they call it. You know, the other team doesn't get air. That's what, that's what it is. It's the no air raid. Um, the narrate, if you will. <laughs> so, <No>. uh, <laughs> um, so yeah. Tyree goes number seven to the to the Raiders. He slipped a little bit. There was some rumors that he might go number two to the Texans, um, and I think there was some worries about his foot. Liz Frank's injury, but the Raiders said, "No, nah, we, we ain't worried about any of that." Personally, I think it's a great fit, right? They have uh, a couple good players on there, like like Chandler Jones, Max Crosby. So they already have good defensive defensive lineman on the team. So adding, so one, you got some vets for Tyree to learn from. Um, not too much expectation is going to be heaped on him because they have good vets on there. But also, flip side of that, the Raiders also kind of struggled. Uh, getting sacks last year, and one guy that's going to be able to get sacks and at least take on a lot of offensive linemen for some of his teammates to get sacks, it's going to be Tyree Wilson. So I think it's a great fit. Absolutely great fit. That's, you know, for me who's a fan of Wilson, I care more about his fit than just being as high as possible, right? Uh, Jordan Brooks, when he was drafted a few years back, I loved the pickup to the Seahawks because the fit was incredible, and, and so far it's been great for him, right? Um, and, and so Kerry Hyatt has kind of been all over the place, but right now he seems to have a home with the San Francisco 49ers because that fit is there. And I think I think the Raiders, the fit for Tyree Wilson, will be there as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, Patrick Graham's second year defensive coordinator there um, or entering his second year. I don't really pay attention to the Rams or the Raiders that much, but, um, I mean, there's a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of opportunity to learn, and I think what teams are starting to look at down the down the roster of available players i think what a lot of nfl teams are kind of starting to take chances on is like is this kid just kind of an athletic freak and can we just like convert him into our system i mean you think about patrick mahomes like nobody was looking at patrick mahomes like this kid is a unit in churning out dubs oh wait no he's not but you know um andy Reid looked at him and said that kid can throw and then got him involved and you know, here we are, this many years later, and he's a top paid. You know, he's a he's one of the top paid NFL players um, ever. Yeah, and ever. it's just like, you know, you just don't know. Uh, and again, another kid from another freak athlete from Texas Tech. I think people are just like, just go for it. What? <laughs> 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 uh happen?
0: But yeah, no, I think overall great fit, good pick by the Raiders, and I'm very excited to see uh, how Tyree Wilson's career goes. I wanted him to be picked by the Seahawks because it would have oh, been great yeah. to. Say that the Seahawks' best two defensive players are Texas Tech grads, or uh, Texas Tech players, right? Like that—that that would have been awesome. Uh, but either way, you know they're both in the West Coast. Um, now we got somebody in the AFC West and somebody in the NFC West. So, uh, so and he were, and he stays a Raider. And he stays a Raider. Right now he's a black Raider instead of a red Raider, but he stays a Raider. Um, so there's that. Uh, other news of team of players switching teams. So we're gonna we're gonna flip it a little bit and talk about the Lady Raiders, the women's basketball team. And Coach Gerlich, Krista Gerlich, is man, she's on one. She's she is absolutely on one. We were talking in the group chat earlier today. Uh, she's my she's become my favorite coach at tech. Um, and she's rewarded, if you will, this week by getting an absolute beast of a recruit, Jordan Merritt, uh, for um Formerly from Plano, originally from Plano, um, but was in the transfer portal from Florida. Former five-star player, uh, has, but was really good at Florida. Still comes in, I think, Jeremy. where well, she has still two more years of eligibility. Uh, her sophomore year at Florida dropped 10-5. and five, Last year, still putting up 7-5 and five in the toughest conference in the country, in the SEC. Now is coming over to Texas Tech. I'm very excited
1: for this. You summer. know, we, we looked at who was leaving and you had Bree Scott leaving, who was your best producer this year uh, in so many different values of the game. You also lost Big Cat. Um, you were losing a lot of scoring ability on this team. Not that you don't have plenty of it still there, but you needed some, you needed to go out and get somebody who uh, is, is not only, you know, extremely valuable as, as um, you know, kind of a transfer commodity, but also wants to be here. And so Coach Gurley getting on the phone with her and basically saying, hey, you know, I've got this opportunity for you at Texas Tech. We're trying to rebuild something. We have a very high opinion of our our program and where it can be. Um, You know, I was at a luncheon with her on Wednesday, and she made a point to say that this is very much uh, like a championship-driven team. Like we're not aiming for anything less, and everybody, you know, the, the women on her team know that. And some people, you know, make a decision whether to continue playing there or not based on am I going to have to fill a role or am I going to get to have as much playing time as I can, you know, as I should. And so I think getting the high caliber player like that over to Texas Tech, um, there's no question about, you know, will she understand that she has a very specific role in this team? Maybe it's not like just, Hey, come here, we're going to give you the full 30, um, You know, it's like you're going to play your way onto this team and with your skill set, you can take us to the next level. So just a really great pickup this time of the year, you know, with the momentum that she had carrying from the WNIT.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And also, if you're listening to this, and you're you're you've noticed you probably you probably noticed that Jeremy slid in his lunch with Coach Gerlich the other day, um, his humble brag, if you will. You know he's now done this twice because he did it to us randomly in the group chat of like yeah you know when I when I talk to when I talk to KG you know see me I talk I call her KG that's just how we are. Um, I'll, I'll 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 bring some of these things up in lunch. That's how he was in the chat the other day. Um, just Mr. Humble Brag over here. He's now done it twice, right? Like yeah, I was at you know I was at you know me and mean and and you know kg krista, krista that's you know, me and, let's crack me and KG, that me and Krista. He's like can i call you he was probably in lunch like can i call you krista we're, we're cool now right like that's you know <laughs> can i call but, um, you k-dog that's yeah, that's that's his <laughs> can i call you can i call you k-dog k-money um so yeah so jeremy and coach gerlick are
1: best friends now. listener of the pod
0: that's let yes absolutely friend of the pod um and uh, so, but it's absolutely fantastic to get Jordan Merritt. I think she's going to be a great addition to the team, and I'm excited. I'm excited, and uh, man, the trajectory of this program is up, buddy. It is absolutely up, and this is just another confirm um, something that's confirming it. Uh, we missed out on Haley Van Lith, you know, missed <laughs> <laughs> missed. Uh, you know, she just uh, went to what's becoming the megastar that is LSU, but it is what it is. Um, so with that. Jeremy, what's going on on the softball side of things?
1: Well, softball and we talked about it on the last podcast softball was kind of coming off this tough uh, road you know you had uh, Texas and then Iowa State was kind of a bounce back Oklahoma, back to back Oklahoma and Baylor uh, two very tough teams in this this conference and so you got to look down the stretch at Kansas Uh, the next series is at Kansas and then the final series of the regular season is going to be Oklahoma State so you kind of we were talking about, you know, is this a tournament-ready team? Is this a team, or not tournament-ready, is this a postseason ready team? Um, you know, yes, if, right? Yes, they have to go out and make a big statement against Kansas and then keep it close against Oklahoma State. Well, you know, that first night, man, fantastic. On the 22nd, great. Went out, uh, you had a monster day from Peyton Blythe. Uh, also, Ellie Bailey. I uh, mean, you had a really... A bombastic is a good way to put it because of how many homers were in this game. But, um, you know, being able to go out and make a strong statement in the first night, superb. I mean, chef's kiss. I thought, we got this. Uh, except the next two, uh, the next two nights, I don't know what happened. I don't know what team that was out there, but it wasn't, they weren't familiar. Uh, you go from knocking them 6-1 to Kansas State's pretty consistent. They get one run. And let's talk about the dynamic of the game. Uh they get one run in the first game, they lose by five, they get one run in the second game, and they won by one. <laughs> um they Kansas State efficient. We we regressed so much. And we lose, we don't even get we don't get one run on the board. Uh and it just gets worse the next day because uh, Kansas State gets, you know, back to pack. They win the, the series finale and um, take it, you know, winning 3-0 over the Red Raiders. So now we stare down. Uh, Oklahoma State, and that's going to, that first game's opening up tomorrow, which will be today when we publish it, Um, you know, 6.30 p.m. They'll be in Lubbock, so that kind of behooves us. Again, we play really well at home, obviously, uh, losing in Lawrence, and so you're, you're staring down an, an excellent Oklahoma State team with some of the best, Uh, I mean, just absolute monster batting, and if you're kind of in the slump that you left Kansas with, uh, you got to get that out of your mouth. Like, you got to take that bad energy and just leave it out there in the, the fields um, because you got to be ready to play against Oklahoma State like we were talking about you know Oklahoma's just become this awkward softball hub of uh, just the, the, there's these softball dynasties developing out there at those Oklahoma' uh, schools and I just don't really understand that interesting dynamic but um yeah, not a great series against Kansas. And now we're looking at an even tougher out before we get to the Big 12 tournament starting in um, May.
0: Yeah, that Big 12 tournament sounds like it's going to be very uh, important. Very important for not just a – I mean, it's in, in seeming, seeming like a postseason is probably coming out of our reach. But you still want to finish the season strong. You want to have, again, similar to the uh, Lady Raiders basketball team – you want to have that trajectory going into the next season on the up, right? Coach Snyder still this is still a rebuilding year, and though it's it's this season has gone better than we could have expected, right? Um, you still want to have that going in a positive direction as you end the this end of the season, um, and and I, I still think we it's it's I I would put it like this: no matter what happens the rest of the season, the team has played something to be proud of, uh, considering again I had if, if us not finishing in last place this oh, year
1: is a win, huge. If,
0: if you ask me. And we're we're gonna be middle of the middle of the conference, so I'll, I will happily take that. So on the other side of the stick, to the, to the baseball diamond, um, your Texas Tech Red Raiders—they uh, fourteenth ranked team in the country, um, highest ranked Big Twelve team, I believe. Um, and so you know, it's like, let me double check that. Yeah, no, highest ranked Big Twelve team. Look at that, fourteenth uh, ranked team in the country. It's still, still winning games. They went off. Um, had a had a they they after you know uh, last time we had talked about it, they just won their series in Oklahoma. Right? They went and had a series, a two game midweek series against Grand Canyon. We all know how much this team or as through the year struggled with midweek games, especially against Grand Canyon. We play every year and back to back dubs, back to back dubs, um, against Grand Canyon. Then back at the law to play Baylor. And what do we do? Game one. Beat Baylor like they stole something. A nice 10-1 to 1 drubbing. Mason Molina was out here throwing strikes, getting strikeouts. Probably one of his best, if not the his best outing of the year. Um, only two hits. Seven innings pitch, only gave up two hits. He was actually not even just the best uh, outing of his season. I would argue maybe the best outing of his career. Mason Molina was on one. And and I've, I kind of mentioned it last week. I think Mason Molina kind of has to be the guy. Right, uh, if we're gonna to, to take us further, if we're gonna get a regional, if we're gonna go far in the postseason, he's kind of really got to be the guy pitching wise. Um, when it comes to to being the guy hitting wise, I mean, I mean, Gavin Cash is he's an All American, like like that. Gavin Cash, man, he is Texas. How, <laughs> you <laughs> dumb dumbs. <laughs> How could you let this guy go? He's amazing. And he didn't have just the, the, the best series. I mean, he for overall in this one, you know, he only game one, he went one for five, but still had that nice drive-in run that was absolutely necessary. And when I say drive and run, I mean a home run. Um, out of the park. Ty Coleman, of course, you get, your, you get two of your best hitters knocking one out of the park. That's always going to be a good day. And then you have Mason Molina, your ace, really going out there. So 10-1 drubbing uh, of Baylor. Uh, was really nice start to the series. You come back, game two, and you know you don't necessarily get the Mason Molina, uh, um, Mason Molina out there, right? Trenton Parrish was fine. He was fine. Pitched five innings, gave up four runs. Was fine. Kind of in a jam there. Uh, uh, right there in the fifth inning was kind of taken out or sorry in the sixth inning was kind of taken out there um and, and Baylor put up some runs they made this a game all of a sudden after you think you're gonna cruise to another victory because you're up six one through five Baylor puts up a five spot at the top right top of the inning ties the game up six six. And But you, you get the offense to help you out there, right? You get uh, um, a nice a couple home runs on the day from Nolan Hester and Dylan Maxey, right? Some, and the difference of the game before where you get your main guys getting the home runs. Now, some guys are not, now the bottom of the lineup, right? Dylan Maxey, your catcher, getting a nice dinger out there. Um, definitely necessary. We put a five spot at the bottom of the sixth inning. And Baylor doesn't go away, but we kind of ride it out. 14 runs in this game um, put up by Tech, kind of showing our muscle a little bit. And, and another another good, nice win for Tech. And I was thinking, I was hoping, I was praying, Jeremy, we would get our first sweep in two months. Yep. That did not happen. Unfortunately, that did not happen. It was looking like it. It was a 3-3 game going into the eighth inning of the last game there. Unfortunately, Baylor put up a three spot at the top of the eighth, rode it on to victory. Baylor ended up winning the last game in um, that one, and, and again, it's it's tough. Kyle Robinson actually, I thought, did a good job. He's gonna get the L in this game, but I thought he actually did a pretty good job. Pitched over four innings, kind of got himself in the jam there in the eighth inning, unfortunately. And he's gonna take the L overall, but not a bad day for Kyle Robinson. Um, <clears throat> but it was a bad day for Tech. We ended up getting lost. We didn't. I wish we could have taken some of the fourteen runs we had on day two and put it in this game, but we weren't able to do it. Um, and Tech suffers that loss. Uh, and really putting, putting us at 29 and 13 for the season. I will say we did have another midweek game against Abil- in Abilene against ACU. Um, we were down six nothing in the fourth inning, Jeremy. And God said, "Let's let's put an end to this." <laughs> uh, put lightning in the area. Play postponed. Never got back. I hope we never play this game. I hope we don't resume it. Like let's just call it what it is. <laughs> Why? Who are us to stand in the way of God's plans? Okay, <laughs> it's, it's, let's just call that one. Um, and uh, let, let's not have that go against our record. Uh, but next up for the team, I mean, they have a, a, a series at K State, and I this is to me. You have a series at K State, and then again at, and then another one coming here, um, my birthday weekend at West Virginia. Those are two programs and two teams that aren't notoriously great, but this year have been pretty good, especially West Virginia, right? I think right now there's an argument of who's the best team in the Big Twelve between you and West Virginia. Uh, They've definitely been the surprise of the of the conference, and so it'll be very interesting to see what happens. But a road series at K State that begins it. If Tech can get a win, I'm not saying a sweep. A sweep would be fantastic. But even a win at K-State would be a big boost right before you place a good Sam Houston team and then um, at West Virginia. It will be very it's, interesting.
1: You know, looking at this, this season has felt all season long like you are a great Texas Tech team, but you haven't figured it out how to be like great yet like you said man this whole you know not winning a full series and it's way too long since we've just swept somebody um it, it's felt like you know so in like inconsiderately not texas tech on that like final game to sweep um it, it's like you, know, you get the oklahoma one right you you win uh you get that 13 over seven and then you get the nine over five and all of a sudden you can't you can't hit a ball to save your life and you lose two to tw- two to twelve <laughs> Um, but this Texas tech team, like, like we've, we've talked about earlier is that, you know, to have an efficient regional play and an and a, a, an actual chance to win the whole damn thing, you know, in Omaha, you got to have good pitching and pitching has kind of been an awkward concern that we've needed somebody to really kind of settle in. And Mason Molina deciding to uh, be who he is, right? The guy that we wanted him to be um i think you're really putting yourself in a good position against these you know kansas state great but west virginia especially to close the season before we'll get kansas after that but like west virginia at the end of the season you know as we're staring down like you know how are people viewing us where do they think we should be slated um that's a huge game to have and it's we're also with the good you know if we got people starting to get into the rhythm i think you're in a really nice I mean, spot
0: and i think right now the name of the game is getting a regional and so a series win at K State would definitely go a long way towards getting a regional. Um, but best things best thing is, is for Tech, we got to protect Texas. That's the main thing. And no more Texas teams for rest of the season, uh, um, in conference anyway. We got to protect Texas, and we got to support Texas. And the best way to support Texas is using a Texas brand like Last Stand Hats. Or that's right, Laststandhats.com. Y'all, if y'all listen to this podcast, you know what I'm saying. I, I love my haircuts, right? Jeremy has nice flowing hair, but sometimes we got bad hair days, right? And before, sometimes before I get a ha- before I get my haircut, it's it's rough for you boy, right? So I gotta wear my hats. I got a good collection of hats, and shout out to Last Stand Hats, because I can get more hats to my collection, and more more importantly, I can get more Texas Tech hats to my collection, right? They have really nice hats, really nice designs on them. One a, a nice one that has a silhouette of Texas, and it just says Tech where Lubbock is, right? We've seen, we've seen the ones where you got a star there or even a, a Reckham symbol, but nice, a nice piece to have tech right where Lubbock is really support the gang. Um, having a nice TTU one on the bill as well. Um, so make sure to go to laststandhats.com and listen. Since you're a listener of the pod, since you're a friend of the pod, use our promo code TAKES12, T-A-K-E-S-1-2, and you get 10% off of any hat on the website. Preferably, if you don't get a Texas Tech hat, I don't know what's wrong with you, but you can get any hat on the website. There's a bunch of really nice hats they have on there. And go crazy, right? They have polos, they have golf shirts, they have a lot of good other stuff, but I prefer the hats. The hats are fantastic. So use our promo code TAKES12, T-A-K-E-S-1-2, to get 10% off of the hats. Um... So, Jeremy, before we I, – I, as I mentioned at the beginning of the pod, I got a question for you. I want to know what you think. So, uh, last weekend, uh, people's favorite pastime – some people's favorite pastime happened, and that is the spring game. Now, the Texas Tech spring game isn't as – publicized or nationally well-known. It's not like Colorado who has Coach Prime and they fill out the stadium for whatever reason. Our spring game was taken because the stadium's under construction and, and we actually wanted to at least have some fans there and have a real atmosphere there. Took it over to uh, uh, the, the um, high school football stadium that escapes my, my my brain right now, what it's called, but um, the main Lubbock ISD football stadium. They took it out there, had a nice, uh, nice spring game out there. Um, a surprising spring game because everybody was excited to see what Tyler Shuck could do um, and, and see what the offense could do. But the defense is really what, uh, what kind of came out, right? The defense really held their own and played a really good game in that one. Um, they, the, the two teams were Team Fearless, right? And Team uh, Fearless Champions and Team Red Raiders and Team Fearless Champions. Uh, prevailed, right? Baron Morton had a pretty decent game and, and, and everything like that. Uh, but after the spring game, there was questions. Some people were, you know, again, people were saying maybe Baron Morton played a little bit better than, than uh, um, Tyler Shuck. And, and you know, a bunch of the running backs came out. And, oh, well, the defense made this play. And, oh, this guy sucks. And this guy's... This. Jeremy, i got a question for you. Do spring games actually matter?
1: I'll give you the short answer, Albert. Uh, no. No. <laughs>
0: They just they don't you don't want to expound on that?
1: No, well, I was gonna give you the small one. I thought you were about to clap back with something about how dumb I was, because absolutely they do, right? Um, no, I I've always thought spring games were more for fans than for the team, right? Um, I feel like it's an opportunity just for programs to connect with their fans, offer an opportunity to come out and check check stuff out. You know, it's always big events and you can think about like Oklahoma State canceled their spring game and that kind of became and it became like oh come to a meet and greet because that's essentially what this what this is um that for me spring games lost their luster a long time ago mostly because uh i have watched people almost religiously go into a spring game believing that the opinion an opinion about the player is going to ultimately come to fruition um because usually the season starts and it's nothing like we saw in spring game and (laughs) stuff like that um i will say there are a lot of good things from this spring game that you can take like hard in but over all in all it's just another practice what do you think
0: so actually usually whenever i have these questions i think for the most part you usually have a good idea of where my uh, opinion is Uh, i think this is actually one of the first times you have no idea where i'm where i'm thinking and um i'll just say jeremy I think you are a thousand percent on right on. (laughs) I don't think, I don't think it matters. Like, so after the spring game, when they brought this in, because a lot of people talked about the fact that Tyler didn't look great and he he didn't, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't a great spring game for him. Um, But the thing about it is, is here's the thing I've always felt about spring games is every bad play. The offense makes is a great play for the defense. Every great play. The offense makes is a bad play for the defense, right? Like there's no What's the benefit of watching spring games, right? Because every positive, I remember when I was at Tech, I used to go to spring games, and I remember anytime the offense made a touchdown, everybody's cheering. Oh yeah, our offense is incredible. Yeah, we're gonna be so good. And in my mind, I'm like the defense also sucked on that play because <laughs> it's still us. It's still us. <laughs> <laughs> it's still us. Like it's, it's, it doesn't like it doesn't change any positive. Like if Tyler Shuck goes out there and throws for 300 yards in half a game. That means the defense gave up 300 yards in half a game, yeah. right? Like there's, there's no, so, so to that effect, I think the only benefit really is if there's a true competition, a true to see maybe position battles, see maybe who performed better, right? It'd be interesting. Joseph Adedire did not even play in this game, but he may, maybe and neither did Tony Bradford, but I was going to say if, if it was a situation where maybe you're deciding between the two or who may be playing between the two of them and see what they do, how they line up against a, a, an end. But again, Coaches see this every day. We're just watching it for the first time in four months, right? Like that's that's not a so it's it doesn't do anything as far as depth chart or or who's gonna be better here or there or to your point, Jeremy, it's really all fan service, which is why instead of doing it inside the dome, they did it at Lowry Field. Lowry Field's the name. They did it at Lowry Field because they said that you know that what it is is we could easily have the scrimmage in the dome like we've done our previous three scrimmages. Or you go out to Lowry Field and at least let five thousand fans that were there participate and, and have fun with the players. At the, at this game, they ended up passing out. Um, they brought back Texas Tech awards, so they basically passed out awards from the previous year. Um, you know, like, like Tyree Wilson won the Team MVP Award and and just different awards for, for the team of last year and, and, and this long-standing tech tradition that we haven't had in a while. Joey McGuire brought that back, so that was kind of cool. But at, at the end of the day, you're, you're absolutely spot on. It's fan service. Like, nothing from the spring game matters. I remember one year, um, I want to say it was the year that, that uh, Pat Mahomes and Davis Webb were competing against each other. And Davis Webb looked great in the spring game. He looked very good in the spring game. Right. It made you, and I remember thinking that, oh, maybe, you know, they, they keep talking about how it's a real competition. Maybe it really is a real competition because Davis Mills looks fantastic. Y- yeah. As we all now know years and years later, that that had meant nothing. That the, the coaches, they see these two players every day. Right. And at the end of the day, this is just another practice, is what the spring game is. It's just another simulation, another simulated practice. Um, so it's yeah overall i don't think spring games actually matter it was interesting to actually another thing i was going to get to is is that one thing that was very interesting i found interesting was we we ran the ball a lot We, we ran the ball in this game a lot um a lot of running backs that i wasn't expecting to to turn up and have good games in this one uh uh did right um uh guys (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, guys, such as Clazarian uh, Campbell. It took me a while to really get that first name. That's really I was like, <laughs> I take like a deep breath and be like, all right. That I'll was do good, this. man. You went yeah, for it, it. Yeah. So Campbell, right? Like Clazarian Campbell was somebody I wasn't really expecting too much. of he scored a touchdown in this game, uh, Cameron Valdez also scored a touchdown as did Taj Brooks. So we ran the ball a lot, and so part of me even got tricked into being like, well, maybe that's. You know, they always talk about Kitley being this air raid coach. Coach, he's adjusting Maybe We're going to run the ball a lot. And then I had to remind myself oh, wait, we ain't putting no plays on tape for other teams to look at. <laughs> it really <laughs> means nothing. Like the spring game truly means zilch. Because, yeah, for that same thing, why would we put a real play on film for Oklahoma State or Texas or Houston now? Or since, like, for one of those teams to. to put on their film and say oh okay well that's or or Or, oregon we're playing oregon this year right why would we want oregon to see some of the real plays that we'd want to do instead we want oregon to be like oh they run the ball Eh,
1: they're gonna think we're some powerhouse we we actually run the eye oregon you never would have known
0: you never would have known that's what the air raid is you know that's that's hey oregon i know you're listening (laughs) entirely (laughs) oregon but from
1: the fans to the farmers i understand you're listening
0: Yeah, the whole state. I know you're listening. So, but yeah, it's so. It's, um, it's interesting. We're both on the same pitch in this. That spring games just do. I and I love spring games. I really do. I like them mostly because we haven't watched college football in months, and it, it scratches the edge yeah. a little bit. But um, they guys on people online stop complaining about
1: the people uh, online, spring games. comma <laughs> okay, stop. It does period. not matter.
0: <laughs> if Tyler Shuck is the star, I don't care that Baron Martin technically did outplay Tyler Shuck a little bit. That's fine. Um well, Jake Strong
1: would have out. out I will uh, say because Jake Strong went seven of twelve just for one yard less than Chuck. So that's, that's a fish again. That's but true. Nothing. It doesn't matter. He's not starting. <laughs> it doesn't.
0: It doesn't. He's not starting. It doesn't matter, right? I will say, but the, I, to the defense credit, defense played great. Defense played really well. Um, I had a I had a coach tell me this a long time ago. Um, that in spring games, you want your defense to win you want your defense to outplay your offense In practice. You want your defense to outplay your offense. The best teams usually have defense beating down offense on a daily basis. Um, And so to me, I'm looking at the spring game and that's the only positive I really take out of it is that, Oh, the defense actually outplayed the offense in every facet. Right. Um, And, and, you know, and run defense was still good, even though we gave up a lot of running touchdowns because we ran the ball so much, but uh, passing defense was great. And so, um, so yeah, that that's, I think the only solace is that knowing the defense outplayed the offense, uh, is usually a good thing, right? When Alabama, they have their spring game, defense usually outplays the offense. Um, when Baylor has a spring game, defense usually outplays the offense. So it's good to see. I remember one year I went to watch the spring game. This was 20, uh, 2011, 2011. I went to go watch the spring game. The offense. Oh, played great. Defense was actually pretty bad. Offense was blowing them up. That was the year we had our first losing season in like almost twenty years. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, that's there's there's that. So, but yeah, overall, spring games. Jeremy and I are one, one accord. They, they don't it. matter.
1: Um, yeah. Anything else you want to tell the people? Um, these are not stickball, and the spring game is not the only thing going on here uh, at Texas Tech. We have a golf team that finished, I think, third in the Big Twelve. Uh, in the champ- Big 12 Championship, and our very own uh, Ludwig Ogberg goes back to back in the Big 12 Championships. On the women's side, uh, the women's golf team just got put number sixth in the Pullman Regional, which is a really good finish for our ladies as they head into that. Hopefully, and with a little bit of momentum, you know, pulling out some, pulling out some big wins in that. Texas Tech, Texas Tech people stay winning, Albie.
0: I'm glad you're here to let us know about golf, because the last thing that I will ever tell any of y'all is about golf, period. Like, high school, college, pro, um jordan spieth is he still good like I don't I, I don't I don't know i don't i don't know so i'm glad that you can you can update us ludwig is your boy ludwig is your boy so i know you'll always be there to support ludwig um well i got nothing else so uh for jeremy gillen the um the, the man who knows everyone this is Albie Shore, and you have been listening to the tortillas and takes podcast part of the 1012 network as always stay wrecked people
1: sports social podcast network